Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve a lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and every... I can't even do my opening this morning. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. I am excited to be here with you, as I always am each week. And I have an extra special treat for you today and next week. Um, One of my favorite guests that I've had on the show twice before, you probably may remember him because I compared Harry Potter to a Navy SEAL sniper and I told him he's really Harry Potter. Brandon Webb is back on the show today. He's the CEO of Hurricane Group, a media and e-commerce business, but he is also a former Navy SEAL SEAL sniper and he was a head instructor of the SEAL Sniper School. And he's written so many books with his co-author, John David Mann, who will be on next week. Their latest book launches today, Mastering Fear, A Navy SEAL's Guide. I'm going to jump right in because my copy of the book, Brandon, has so many note cards in it. I've highlighted this book up the wise. It brought me to tears at times um, as I was reading it because I realized how much for the last six years with mom and the last year I've been in fear. So this book is an important book, I think, for, for the world and I think one of your finest. Thank you. No, thanks, Laura. Um, I appreciate that. And it's one of the things I learned as an instructor in the SEAL teams is working on the book with John, like you you actually learn a lot in the process. So the book was a learning experience for me, just, just writing out John. Which is amazing because, you know, when I read this book, and there are some pieces of it that you've alluded to in your other books, like the the Red Circle and um, Killing School, Total Focus, and on your podcast, The Power of Thought. But it really seems to have, I, I don't really think solidified is the right word, but it really feels more cohesive. Like, okay, this is a culmination of where your life's been leading. Yeah, I mean, I'm writing from my own experience and my friend's experiences, and what I try to do is systemize the process so we all deal with fear. Like, the only people that don't deal with fear are are lying or they're insane. (laughs) We, you know, we all deal with it, and so when it comes up, you know, I try to create this process in the book where you have to recognize it, right? Like you and I were talking about before the show, and once you acknowledge it and recognize it, then you can kind of deal with the, the process. So, and, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention the whole book itself was inspired by my best friend Kamal Ravikant, who I taught how to swim when he was 45 years old. And it was really what I realized when him and I got in the pool was that he, it wasn't about learning the stroke. It was about overcoming his fear of water. And I taught him how to slowly do that over a week. And he said on a Friday, it's like, you changed my life. Like, this is crazy. Uh, people have been trying to do this for years. And he's like, this is life changing. You, you need to write a book about it. And that, that was the inspiration behind mastering fear. You know, when I was reading the story about Kamal and how you were teaching him how to swim, you know, it it really hit me because swimming is such a metaphor for everything in life. 
you can either sink to the bottom of the pool and not come up, or you can swim even if you sink to the bottom of the pool, was kind of what I got out of it. There's there's no fear at the bottom of the pool. There's concern. There's, you know, maybe some worry, but if you know what you, where you're going, then that fear can't control you. So there doesn't have to be fear in the pool, yeah. and you can just swim. One of my favorite stories in the book was, I remember when I was in the military, my friend talking about jungle training in the Philippines and how they trap monkeys. They dig a hole, they put sticks around the hole and a coconut inside and the monkeys reach their hand in, grab the coconut and they can't pull their hand out because the sticks won't allow the coconut to come out of the hole. And all the monkey has to do is let go of the coconut, pull his hand out and he can go free, but they don't. They just grip onto it. And I look at that as fear. It's like there's so many things that hold us back in life that that are co- our own coconuts, right? So it's like, what are what, what are our coconuts, and how can we let go and and free ourselves? Yet we're often so stuck and can't see our way out to let go of that coconut because we're afraid if we don't. This is what I thought when I heard that story, and I've heard it before, but the way you and John wrote it really hit me. It's, I think it's something you call the echo chamber in your book. Yeah. This internal monologue, it's on page 126. You really go into this a great deal. Hyper nostalgia that keeps you in its clutches and away from engaging in your present reality. It's like you think that it's your only hope. Is that one coconut? There's not going to be another one? Is that a good way to describe your echo chamber? Yeah, I think I think that's a pretty good way to describe it. And we see it show up in career, relationships, you know, act, activities like public speaking, fear of flying. In Kamal's case, he had this I mean, fear of water. And I, I remember the best thing I happened to me. He was in Bali, and he called me. And he said, I am doing cannonballs into a pool right now. And I was terrified <laughs> to do this. Like, he's having so much fun experiencing water. Like, and we just, uh, it's so simple to me. And I just take it for granted because my mom taught me how to swim when I was very young. But, but it's, I, I just can't imagine going through my entire life being nervous about getting invited to a pool party or a resort where there was swimming involved. But it was for Kamal to say that to me, it was amazing. Was there any point in your life where you felt paralyzed by fear? Yeah, I, I share my story of losing my first business. You know, you're, I go from being to the top of the world, now I'm out in the civilian world, lost my first business. Okay, you're fading out a little bit, Brendan. Uh, how about now? Much better. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. So I'm lost my life savings, my business, my wife. So look, I've I've been through enough with you and the SEAL teams. I don't want to be married to an entrepreneur. So she takes the kids, and I was in a really low spot. And you know, I was like, "Am I? Can I be successful on the outside?" Like that was that was in my head, and I had to get over it. And then. I ended up taking a really good job with uh, L3, which is a big defense company, and I got paid more money than I've ever been paid in my life, but I 
I didn't want to do that. I wanted to start another business. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I remember people that were close to me saying, what are you doing? You're crazy. Like you're leaving this job after two years that you, you have this great opportunity. And, and that was kind of like, I was struggling listening to them and my own voice saying, am I doing the right thing? But you know, then that was my coconut. So it, it, I think, you know, this happens to us as we live our lives. And what I hope mastering fear does is give people this simple system to recognize it, be aware and, and deal with the fear and get past it. it you know, and, and we've spoken a number of times on the show and, and off the show I'm, I'm curious about how long it took you from that moment. I think it will help my listeners to know that somebody who's really amazing at mastering fears, timeline kind of thing. When you were at that moment when you lost your business, you lost your family, you were losing your home, and a part of yourself that you thought would be there, was that how long was it till you were able to pick yourself up? That probably was a few weeks but I remember I remember sitting in my car just having this talk with my friend John or my lawyer at the time about shutting the whole business down because it was I was just holding on to it I was like I can save this thing and I just had this moment of clarity where I said you know what I went back to my days of teaching cypher school and the positive psychology that, that I learned and was fortunate to be uh, around the Lanny Basham, who's a pioneer in mental management, was a gold medalist in the Olympics, developed this whole system that he taught us. And I said, okay, I need to change my inner monologue. Like, I, I need to think here. Everything is going to be okay. Like, if everything's gone, but I have this skill set. Like, I've learned all these lessons in in entrepreneurship, in choosing partners, raising money, um, you know, how to, I remember I was, I couldn't read basic financial statements when I got out of the Navy. I was really intimidated by that. I look at it now, it's just simple math, you know, to read a profit and loss statement or a balance sheet, but that wasn't very intimidating to me. So I learned all this stuff and it just hit me. I said, I'm gonna be okay. Um, and, and even I remember, um, I was writing my notes because I'm giving a, a talk at Barnes and Noble today, and I remember um, there was a time when I had a, a fellow teammate that was going after me in, on social media, and it really bothered me because you know it's the guy that was trying to plant seeds of doubt in people's head about me and my credibility. It really, it really bothered me, and then. I thought to myself, if, and I was losing sleep like a week long, and I woke up one day and I said, if I had, if I had cancer and six months left to live, would this bother me right now? Like, should, would I be concerned about it? And it was, there's no way. And at that point, I just moved on. And it was, so I, I you know, I think that, again, it's that being aware of the issue that comes that comes into our lives and being able to deal with it and let it go and move on All in right. a positive way. And that's a perfect spot to break for our first commercial break. We'll be back with more from Brandon Webb, author of Mastering Fear. Brandon, you said that 
what you were holding, you know, a question that came up for me was, what are you holding on to that is holding you back when you shared that story about the, the person that is um, a former teammate that, you know, is really harassing you and trying to discredit you? You also said that it's really in your mind, and you, this is a common thread throughout the book, that the battle is in your mind. Everything you really want is on the other side of fear. And, you know, I've said that you were Harry Potter on another show, that Harry Potter is a sniper. Well, there's one line in the book that has me completely rethinking you. Um, these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> when you're referencing fear, that how that process goes. And I, I really think you, with this book, you've elevated to Obi-Wan or Yoda, for anybody that follows that whole Jedi thing, but... Can you elaborate for me on this whole process about the battle in your mind and a couple of steps that people can, my listeners can use to break that battle, that freeze, that fear that paralyzes? Yes. Um, I have a daily mantra that I I know the things in my life that I've struggled with. Uh, Writing a book, putting yourself in the public eye, you get a lot of people that come out of the woodwork, you, know, you call them haters, whatever you want, but when it, when they're somebody you have a personal relationship, like I was really struggling with it, like the story I told you about the teammate. And so there's things that I deal with in my own life that I've developed this mantra for, and I, it's part of my morning routine. I read it every day, or sometimes when I hear that voice creep in my head, I open up my iPhone because I got it on my iNotes and I read my mantra back to myself. And it, it's, it's a very simple thing. And I, it's, it's like my, my whoopee. Okay. <laughs> so I, go, I go back there and I read it. And, it, and it's as simple as that. It, it doesn't, and I learned this with, when I did my work with Lanny Basham, the gold medalist who developed this whole mental management system. And the big thing is self-talk. And there's, if there's things that we want to change, um, you, can, you can basically write a mantra around it and then every day reference it or when that voice comes into your head, you pull it up on your notepad, your, your phone, computer, and you read it to yourself. And it, it displaces the negative thoughts. And, and it's as simple as that. And what is your mantra, if I may ask? Well, I'm going to ask it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, let me pull it up for you. I won't read it. Um, So I I don't want to turn this into a a different subject, but I I keep track of my personal, professional family goals, and I have a whole vision statement. uh, And my vision statement is is who I am and who I want to be, and then I I review that every morning as well. But my... Uh, my daily mantra is, I'll read it to you, it's, I'm building a billion dollar company, I'm always learning and improving, I smile a lot, I love my kids, friends, family, they love me, I have fans that love me, I'm a great writer, and New York Times bestselling author, I always look for the best in people, I treat others like I want to be treated, I anticipate instead of react. I wish happiness and express gratitude because it brings happiness in return. I know that innovation leaders rule the world. I have the knowledge to start any business I want and be successful. 
and that's it. That's, that's my mantra. That's not just it. That's huge. I had goosebumps when you were reading them. When you were reading that, it triggers for me something that you talk about towards the end of the book that mastering fear starts with a decision. It's actually one of the first steps in mastering fear is decision, but then it goes on to knowing what matters tells you which decision to make and gives you the strength to make it. So it sounds like we all need to create this mantra for ourselves that helps us know what matters so that in that moment when you're sinking to the bottom of the pool, you can take that breath that buoys you up. Yes, absolutely. I could have said it better. Well, thank you. You and John did say it. I just paraphrased it. (laughs) (laughs) Added my own little twist on it. Harry Potter reference, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I always love talking to you. I know one of the struggles I'm having since my mom passed away is I feel like I've lost my mantra, right? That that, um, knowing what matters. All of my drive my whole life as near as I can figure was to take care of my parents, to get to a point where I knew that I, they would be proud of me and that I could take care of them if anything would ever happen. And then it was take care of my employees, take care of my clients and all of that. And then I stopped everything to take care of my mom and everybody else. And now it's figuring out what that is that matters because it's always been an internal thing for me or not really internal it's always been external taking care of everybody else and how do you help somebody shift when they feel like they've lost that what matters to master their fear yeah for me uh, it's hard right because everybody is different but what works for me is Sometimes I get stuck. I, I was um, I, I was in Europe. I just finished a trip with my daughter and her best friend and my youngest son. And the business is kind of my business is running along, and all of a sudden, uh, Facebook, because of the new algorithm, and to provide more background to the listeners, I you know I have my media publishing business and, and e-commerce business, and we do a lot of paid advertising on. Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook is probably our biggest revenue driver on e-commerce. We spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on Facebook, and we get a return on that. And so Facebook, because we were, our landing page had this military feel to it. They labeled us for selling guns, killed 50 of our active advertisements, and we lost probably $150,000 in revenue in about four days, and I was terrified. <laughs> wow. Thoughts started running through my head, like, what am I gonna do? My employees, my cash flow vendors, like people gotta have to get paid, and I had to like take a half a day and just think about it and reset myself and go back to my mantra and go, okay, and so in this case, it was, it was probably half a day where I said, you know what, I'm gonna take time cancel all my calls and meetings and I'm going to think about this. And I just got to a point where I said, okay, if Facebook were to go away, I have uh, this line of revenue, this line of revenue, we could contract the business, but we still have a really good business. 
and we're going to get through this. And then I felt a whole lot better. And then I had that conversation with, with my team, my, my controller, my operations guy, cause they were, they were under the gun too and then under massive pressure. So, and, and they said, wow, thank you. Like, I feel so much better. Cause I just explained to them, look guys, we have really a ton of customers paying subscribers. Like this is okay. We're going to be okay. It's just a temporary setback. Um, and so in that case, you know, it's half a day for me. The other thing I do is every year I plan my next year. I just go over my goals and I take three or four days to myself. Um, I go to, um, my apartment in Puerto Rico and I, <laughs> I just stare at the ocean and think and go through my, and write my goals for the next year. And, and, and they're measurable goals. It, it's on the personal side. I, I had on her take my daughter, uh, to these places, schedule the trip by this date. Um, and we just finished that date. So I really like anything in a business or life. If you put the goals down, you've got to make them specific and measurable. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's interesting that you shared the Facebook story, changing that, your, the algorithm, you know, they took you off because of the thought of guns. I had a gentleman on a couple of weeks ago, Kurt Wallach, he's a Holocaust survivor. And he also enlisted in the U.S. Navy, and before it was called the Navy SEALs, he was a SEAL. And he went to Okinawa and stuff. And I had planned the interview before um, Zuckerberg said that he wouldn't stop fake news about the Holocaust deniers. But yet, here he's taking you guys off, and it's not even, you know, it's totally legit what you're doing. And I just am so fascinated by all that. We're going into the nationals, and we'll be back with Brandon Webb, author of Mastering Fear and Navy SEALs Guide, launching today. Welcome back, everyone listening to us live on iHeartRadio. If you're listening to us on the podcast, then uh, this was instantaneous. You didn't have to sit through national news or any of the commercials. Um, those of you listening around the world, 61 countries, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you get a lot out of the show, please share it, rate, and review it so that we can reach even more people. I am here today with one of my favorite guests, a man who every time I read one of his books that he uh, has co-written with John David Mann, changes my life, shifts my perspective, and just really lifts me up and makes me think really, really deeply and sometimes brings me to tears when I realize I'm stuck somewhere and I didn't realize it till some words in his book. Here with Brandon Webb, author of Mastering Fear, a Navy SEAL's Guide, releasing today, available anywhere books are sold. Please grab a copy of it. Mine has so many markups in it and it's going to be a, a handbook this side of my bed for a long time. Brandon, um, in the book, you... You talk a lot about fear. I mean, the book is all about mastering fear, and we've been talking about so many different aspects from the book. This is one that I'm struggling with myself, so I know my listeners are on, and some of my clients struggle with this. You say that fear is a sign point, signpost pointing the way to a prize, but how do you know when it is a fear to master or a fear to listen to and stop and go, okay, no, don't proceed? I mean, that's a great question, and and again, I think it 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 does take some reflection, and I would put it on the individual. Like they have to figure some things out for themselves. What I wanted to to do with mastering fear is just give an outline and condense it, and that's something that you mentioned, John, 
my writing partner. John is amazing. Like his, every time I think I have a good idea, John makes it better. <laughs> so, um, I, I think that people need to, to roll up their sleeves and do a little bit of work to like self-discovery to figure out what it is for themselves. Because I, I see this in a lot of young kids that come at me on Instagram and they want, they want the easy tip to become a Navy SEAL. And I said, there is no, there are, there are no easy tips. Like you've got to do the work. You can't skip it. And so I, again, like people have to realize like they need to do self-reflection and a lot of work to figure out what that is for them. Right. The, the question you asked, because it's, no one can give it to us. We have to decide for ourselves. It sounds like going back to your echo chamber idea from your book about doing work, you have to look at it in relation to the past, the present, or the future. That fear? Does it come from a place of, I know that's hot, I shouldn't stick my hand in the fire? Or does it come from some other place? Yes? No? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I, I, on the break, we were talking about my kids, and I, I have many conversations with them because they're out of they're teenagers now and I say look you're at a point in your life where you have to start deciding what direction you're going to go and you, you're going to get family, friends, teachers, people telling you all sorts of things and putting their you know insecurities, their dreams all into you and you have to decide for yourself. Like you have to start making your decisions and, and become that. I talk about it at the end of Mastering Fear. You become that solo pilot like you have to start taking control of the plane and flying it um and that's our that's our our lives right i i see so many people that want people to define what's important for them in their lives and tell them what to do and that that just doesn't work we have to dig deep and figure that stuff out for ourselves and get help along the way but there's some things only we can answer for ourselves. In the book, you, um, especially towards the end, when you're out the last step, which is knowing what matters. So I'll just run through. So the five steps are decision, rehearsal, knowing what matters. You list a whole bunch of questions, which you know is my favorite thing in the world, that helps us figure out, actually you pose the question, what matters for you? What matters to you? And you're like, get quiet and just stop right now and then break it down. Um, it's, I'm trying to figure out the best way to, to ask this next question. All right, let me, let me just shift a little bit. Sure. You know, you talked about training for the Navy SEALs. You talked about everybody has to find what it is for themselves and do the internal work. But sometimes struggle just seems overwhelming. And you said in the book, um, torture aims to break you, training aims to build you so nothing can break you. Yet, for so many, struggle becomes to feel like torture. And we can't look at it as, as training us for where we're going. Um, we can't get out of that comfort zone. We're afraid of it. And you talk about it as the comfort zone is really the zone of confidence, the zone of control. You're not stepping outside of it. You're stretching it. So uh, how did that philosophy come about for you that you really got that 
and we're able to, you're teaching your kids. I mean, you talk about it in every one of your books, how your kids are really doing this, stretching their cut zone. How, how did you manage to do that? Yeah, so the kids, uh, the mom and I have a great relationship, and she's really cool trips and experiences, and I remember um, I had three of them at this indoor, um, we, we ski every year as a tradition. There's this place called Woodwood, it's this indoor park where they have foam pits, and you can do, you learn how to do backflips, front flips, um, you can put on and it's how the, the new kids are learning all these crazy tricks. But I remember my son Hunter was afraid to do a backflip. And I just sat him down and said, look, you know, I get it, but you gotta just, you're, you're thinking of you, I said, what are you thinking about? Like he's, I was like, what can really go wrong? He said, well, you know, I, you know, maybe I'll hurt myself. I'm like, it's a foam pit. <laughs> You're not going to, so, so that one's off the list. And we just went through it. And, and oftentimes I see people, and myself included, and I have to catch myself because we, we have this fear of something and we invent this, this scenario in our head that's, that's way worse than what it is in real life. And so I talked kind of through this and I said, just look, visualize yourself doing the backflip over and over. And said, so visualize yourself being a little nervous, you're thinking these thoughts, and then start thinking that, okay, I can do this, and then just imagine yourself doing it. And so he went through with one of the coaches, and within 15 minutes later, he's standing up on this, he, he did a couple backflips into the foam pit, and then he goes up on his own, and he's like 15 feet in the air doing backflips off these these platforms, and I'm like, okay, there you go, there you go, he's got it. <laughs> and so the little things like that that I can do with the kids early on, I just see it, I see the decisions and the, the stuff that they're doing at school, I take my son Hunter now, captain of his debate team, I was telling you, Olivia, emceeing her whole middle school end of year event with parents and kids, like, when I was her age at 13, I would be terrified to do that. <laughs> Uh, and I'm just looking at them like this is amazing as a parent to see to be able to kind of coach them along and see them develop is, is an incredible experience. Um, and then to take it to uh, the story of Kamal, when I realized I, I had no idea when Kamal and I had this conversation, and he was he said I really want to learn how to swim. I want to take this course in Florida. And I said, look, let's let's just do it. I'll teach you. And and then when I got into the pool, I realized, and through talking to him beforehand, I'm like, wow, he's really scared of the water. Like I have, I have to deal with that, and I can't throw him into the water and and expect that he's gonna just get over it. No, he, so I I said, okay, we have to take it step by step by step. So climb into the pool, grab onto the side, stick your face in the water breathe out, exhale, bring the face up. So I just take these little baby steps. Okay, you're comfortable with that? Add another thing. Add another thing, add another thing. The next thing you know, he had done 10 laps. And I said, you know you just did 10 laps on your own, right? Like, you can swim. It's like, this is day two or three. And he's like, holy cow, like, I can swim. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're swimming. <laughs> so it was this slow progression, and I talk about it in the book. 
you know, it's okay to take these small steps and then take another and another, and then over time you're you're swimming like come on. That's in the section of the book where you talk about crawl, walk, run. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Can you? Well, we're about to go into our last commercial break, so let me save that thought for um, right when we come back. We're here, everyone, with Brandon Webb, author of Mastering Fear, a Navy SEALs Guide, releasing today. And please, grab a copy of this book. It's available wherever books are sold. I promise you, it will be worth it. We'll be right back. I'm laughing because the commercial that was just on was about a swimming pool and being safe around a pool. <laughs> and we were just talking about Kamal in the pool. So yeah. crawl, walk, run. This idea that you have to take these small steps and sometimes you need to go back a step because you're moving too fast and you're losing control. Um, is that an accurate way of describing what you, you were talking about with that? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And in the military, we constantly preach that when you're learning something new, you, whether it's, say you do training to be a sniper on the range, or after you learn how to shoot the rifle on the range, you have to put yourself into this, this field type situation and where it's not static, right? And so you teach the students slowly the proper body position, the technique, you get them on the range, you work on their marksmanship skills, then you take them out of the range environment teach them how to shoot from a tree, an unstable position, and then you, then when they have all this stuff, you throw them into that final training scenario where now it's the run phase, and they've got to put it all together and take shots in crazy positions under high stress, but you train them to do that. We don't put them in that scenario immediately because they would be overwhelmed and intimidated, and it just doesn't do anything to build up their their self-image. Now, you took the SEAL sniper training school from, I don't know, at 20, 40% um, fail rate to like a 2%. What is it? Less than 1%. Less than 1%? Okay. So, one of the things to change that, obviously, is you use this whole idea of mastering fear, but why do you think it is that some people can, in that moment, break through, break past, and others just are completely frozen and they can't do that moment of pulling the trigger for whatever it is in their life. Is there something that... It's in their head. Okay. In most cases, I think it's in their head. I remember I had two, two students. I, it was must have been the first course that we taught where we implemented positive psychology and this mental management system and I had 20 something students in the class two of my personal students because we assigned an instructor to, to two students to serve as a mentor of sorts so these I had Bear and Livermore and I said here are these tapes that are like mantra, mantra tapes <laughs> I said I want you to listen they were CDs they were, listen to these CDs you guys need to get your thought process down and start doing mental rehearsal. I don't want to. I don't want you talking to the other students, hearing about what's a good test score. Because uh, a lot of cases, especially you see it in athletes, they finish a match or a competition. They're in the locker room, and all they're doing is talking about what went wrong and the, this mistake, that mistake, and you're 
and people are soaking it in. <laughs> and that's not a good thing. So these guys were listening to these tapes or the CDs and, and they were in their rental car every night and they were getting made fun of by the other class. Like, oh, you guys are really gonna go make out in the car. Hard. We got to Friday test week and they were the first students that I think in the history of the program that they shot um, these incredibly two difficult tests, an unknown distance test where we set targets up and they don't know the distance, they gotta quickly range and make the shots. And then we have a, uh, a moving target to a thousand yards with wind and variables and, and they were the first ones to shoot. They shot 100, 100, 195%. Wow. It was the highest score we've ever had. And like per, shooting perfect scores and, <laughs> and all of a sudden the rest of the class were the losers. They were like, why, where, where can we go ahead in those CDs? Um, and so it's, the mental games are, are just something I've, I've seen over and over work and, and prove out. And, and you talk about it, you read any book on high performance and they talk about what's between your ears, you know, the, the, the mental aspects of it. And that's why, I, back to what we talked about at the beginning of the show, having that mantra to go back to, I think is so important. And if you, if you solve something and it's not a problem anymore, then will you rewrite your mantra? And that relates to another thing you talk about in your book about curating your environment. You're talking about yes. curating your mental environment and your physical Even environment. I see social media. I spent the first part of this year really looking at my social media feed and and curating it how I I wanted to experience my social media because I knew that I had a famous artist friend this guy is a brilliant artist but he is so hung up on Trump being president it was like four or five posts a day on just it was just negative and I'm like I don't I can't I had to mute him <laughs> because I didn't want it was I recognize, okay, this is affecting me. It's, it's causing me to interrupt my day and think about stuff that really doesn't matter to me. N not that the president doesn't matter, but it's just the, the negativity around this situation. And I see, you know, social media is such a big part of um, our lives these days, especially the younger generation. Like, that's all they know. And so it's really important to make sure that they're the kids aren't being affected in a negative way by the by the social media. Yeah, I, I know myself. I've had to stay off of it quite a bit just because it it just shuts me down. And like you said, you have to curate your your environment. I want to make sure everybody knows how to get the book. I've mentioned it several times, and how they can reach out to you and find out more about the work you're doing. So, would you share how people can get everything? Yeah, my website is brandontylerweb.com all my books are on there like you said the books are available anywhere books are sold Amazon, Barnes and Noble uh, I'm really active on Instagram uh, and that's just at Brandon T for Tyler Webb so at Brandon T Webb on Instagram and I think I don't think there's an unanswered message on my Instagram so I try and get back to people when they reach out and and ask a really good question or, or, or looking for some feedback. So uh, 
would welcome anyone to DM me anytime. All right. And uh, knowing you, there's probably a next step for you with this book and what you'd really like people to take from it. So what would be your thought around that? From Mass and Fear? Yeah. I would just hope that people really look at it as a, a way to, like a system to, to deal with their fear, no matter what it is. Like I, I said before, it's, if it's career, relationship, um, fear of like flying, swimming, skydiving, just to know that we, we all deal with fear. Like that's one of the biggest things I think when I can sit down in my, my business group and be vulnerable and say, yeah, this, I have this fear and this is how I overcame it. And people look at me and go, well, you're in the, you're the Navy SEAL. I'm like, yeah, Navy SEALs are scared. Like that's sometimes what keeps you alive in the SEAL team. And so, um, it's okay to be vulnerable and, you know, just find people in your life that give back in a positive way and, and, and know that chances are whatever fear you have, you've created a much worse scenario in your head than it actually is. And But when you're in it, you don't feel like it's bigger than it actually is. Yeah. And what I love about this book is it gives you some questions that can, through example and story, to help you realize it's not as big as it is. Um, you say there's a moment, there comes a moment when fear crystallizes into a kind of stark reality. And that to me was really powerful, but I think it needs a little more explanation. What do you mean by that? Can you repeat the question? There comes a moment when fear crystallizes into a kind of stark reality, and we have a little less than a minute and a half, so. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So... You know, that shows up to me just like I, I shared the story earlier where I had this situation where this, this teammate was harassing me and spreading lies and I, I was super anxious and then I was able to kind of step back because it crystallized for me. I thought, okay, this is what's happening. Is it really, does it really matter at the end of the day? Like, I, I have my family, my friends, my fans, all this love and positivity, like, it does, and does this really matter? Why am I letting it bother me and, and hold and hold me back? Like, really disrupt my week, and I just to take, and that's why again, I think having a a small morning routine is is important, and the mantra is important because it lets you, it gives you that place to go back to and, and reset and. Sometimes we all need a we all need a reset. I, I love that great thought. So as we close the show today, Brandon, thank you so much for for being here once again. I, I love having you on, and I always get so Any much trouble. great stuff. Thank you, and um, everybody. At the beginning of the show, Brandon shared his mantra. If you're having trouble finding your own, at least listen once again to what Brandon said, because maybe that will help you unlock and master your own fear so that you can move forward. Once again, Brandon Webb, um, 
new book, Mastering Fear, a Navy SEAL's Guide with John David Mann, available wherever books are sold. Mine is so marked up, I'm not giving it to anybody to borrow. <laughs> and remember, everyone, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.